I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant and Kevin Ebling. Yay, yay. Merry Christmas, y'all. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) And I don't mean a loose woman. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your joke for today? (laughs) I was not expecting that. (laughs) That's so funny. I've said that for years. I'm going to steal it. when, uh, (laughs) When Blair had Owen... They uh, they lived in Lubbock, and then when they flew, came back for Christmas Day, Blair Owen was like a month old or two months old because he's born in October. He had on a onesie that she had had embroidered that said "Ho Ho Ho," and then underneath it it said, "And I don't mean a loose woman." <laughs> I've never heard that. Have you, Kev? No. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> I woke up this morning and I was like. It's Christmas this week. I know. I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy. I love the holiday season. I know. I, I just do too. Absolutely love it. <clears throat> Although I did look at the weather and I saw that Christmas Day yeah, is it's like 80. 82. I know. That's what Tom said this morning. He said, I wish we could flip it. I wish it was 82 today yeah. and then got really cold yes. for Christmas. Yes. But, well, yeah. Remember that? Well, remember that Christmas? It was 2010. That we woke, everybody woke up Christmas morning. Yes, with a boatload of snow. Yes, yeah. I remember because we we always go to Christmas Eve service, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it was snowing on the way oh, to, church. to church, and then it was snowing on, when we got out of church. I mean, it was it snowed. It was snowing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was really fun. That was my children's. The reason I remember 2010, it was my children's first Christmas from Ghana. Oh, and then it, it just happened to snow. So they thought that's how it worked. It was always going to be like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> like you like wake a up movie on Christmas. Scene. Yes, you wake <laughs> up on Christmas, and there's always going to be snow. Well, in some places, yeah, <laughs> like Siberia, yeah, <laughs> North Dakota, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. Well, it was. Super cute. It was like a little Christmas miracle. That was a Christmas. The whole thing was a miracle. It really was. No kidding. So speaking of Christmas miracle, well, first we need to thank our sponsor for today. You're going to love it. Stacy Duran. Oh, Stacy, you are so precious. Yes. So sweet. I she love made a her. Very, She's so fun. Very generous contribution to, to uh, the remedy. And so, Kev, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, yeah. Stacy. Yeah, you've met Stacy at your party. Uh, no, was she in the you, studio? Yep, she did the one years ago on friendship. Mm. She's awesome. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and she's a dear friend. Yeah, of thank Janice you, Stacy. You fact, are so I precious. Met Stacy because of you. Oh, and now she's like one of my dear, dear, dear friends. Oh, and that's that, so 
lovely. Mm-hmm. I love knowing that. Mm-hmm. That was the connection. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so today, because it's Christmas, um, Janice and I thought that we could talk today about what the Christmas story represents to us and how each of our lives are influenced by the miracle of Christ's birth. Um, and we were both like, we wanted to talk about, we have to talk about something with Christmas. Right, right. And that, and yet, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't celebrate Christmas traditionally the way that I do because I'm a Christian and I believe in the miracle birth and I believe in Jesus Christ and all. And, um, and so it it's tricky because we're we're sensitive to the fact that not we have a lot of people who listen to us who are Buddhist or Jewish or Muslim Muslim or nothing Hindu <laughs> yeah yeah and or nothing yeah and yet um, you and I both I think feel strong or want to talk about this because it's an important part of our lives and yet I think it's also important that we don't want to. We don't. We hope that nobody hears this and hits delete right now because we're talking about yeah. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we really want to be very sensitive to people's beliefs, mm-hmm. and we don't want to be offensive, and we don't want to be exclusive. We want to be inclusive, mm-hmm. and so I think that what I think that I think that this whole topic will be that. I do too. Because, I mean, there's all, all of, I do believe that all of us are born spiritual seekers. Mm-hmm. And so we do, we get drawn into whatever is going to work for us. And so, so yeah, so I think it'll be interesting. And if you, you know, if anybody feels offended in any way, we, it's that is not. Never been our intention. Never, ever, This is not ever, a conversion. Ever. This is not no. an altar call. no. <laughs> No, no, and it you, is not. Even, no, it is not. Before we started to record, um, we talked about how both of us have found, even though I have very strong beliefs and I, my bent, obviously, is to, I'm a Methodist minister, I, my bent is towards Christianity. I have my whole life found immense amount of value and... I feel like I've st- have so much to learn from other faiths, right, and right. other traditions, and I have a lot of respect. I mean, my family, and I, honestly, I think it might be growing up Mormon, and so much yeah. of my family is still Mormon. Yeah, I don't want to be Mormon, but I know and I understand what what comfort uh, that faith that denomination brings to a lot of my family. Sure. And so I have a lot of respect for their belief, even though it's not, it's not my path. Right. Right. Um, right. And I, I agree with you. And I, I was telling Tova, I did a little Google search on, uh, miracle births on, from different, um, it's miraculous births. And there are at least, if you Google that, miraculous births, then there are at least probably 15 to 20 different religious or, or family of origin 
and even in some mythology, that that there is a miraculous birth, and that is the, one of the one of the keys, the key cornerstones of a lot of these different faiths, like Hinduism and Buddhism and the the Chinese Islam. So the, so it's very interesting when you when you I look at it. I never knew this. And what I think is so interesting is that that only, because that sort of a story began and was part of so many different people's faith, that makes it even more miraculous to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. In, in, you know, our, my higher power, which I use the word God, but a lot of people don't use that word. Right. But that is, to me, just God's handiwork in the world so that, it's, it helps us to build more of an open-mindedness and a tolerance and an awareness of how how miraculous that very thing is. Totally. And I, I never knew that. Isn't that fascinating? Yes, which is another beautiful indication that it we are all connected. Oh. You know, we... We're we, the same. We are the same. We and, are. And we keep finding the differences. We, I think, as people and as politicians and Mm -hmm. as even people of faith it's easy I remember when I was growing up Mormon and I hope I'm not offending anyone but I remember the Baptist church spending an inordinate amount of time and money making videos and and pamphlets against the Mormon church and I never understood why they would do that like why wouldn't why would we spend time tearing each other down instead of instead of of using that time and that money and that energy towards finding the common ground and creating more love and unity. Yeah, I know. It's and I think that's where we're going in the world and I'm really really glad that there seems I mean there's still a lot of people that believe differently, mm-hmm. but that cohesiveness is is love. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up in, well, I spent the first 10 years of my life in Brownfield, Texas, which is a town about 40 miles outside of Lubbock. Small town. I mean, not tiny, but but uh, the Mormon elders or the guys that were going through their Mormon training uh-huh. would come to to Brownfield and they rode bicycles oh, or yeah. walked. They're and on they their knocked, two-year and, church mission. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. they knocked on the door and I remember that this guy named Elder Trotterdot was his name. I'll never forget him. He was such a nice so guy, funny young that you guy. Remember his name? Yeah. Wow. And he, we had a tennis court in our backyard, and he gave me tennis lessons. And it was, and it was a little bit wow. uh, scandalous because my father and mother were in that little tiny Baptist church in that little town. It was a very fundamental church, and and. And what I heard from that church a lot was some exclusivity, and I don't know mm-hmm. that that was their motivation or not. But it was a little scandalous that oh, my, I bet. that we, Very. yeah, that Elder Trotterdot was there <laughs> at our house teaching me tennis lessons, and he was just a wonderful young man and was mm-hmm. very committed to his faith and believed really nothing so different, you know. No. And I do think that open mindedness. Mm-hmm is gives us freedom to totally. love each other. Oh, yes. Years ago, I did a prison ministry. I think I told you this story. I did a prison ministry with a group of women that I loved deeply. Yeah. 
And, um, and there was a book that we wanted. So every, we would rotate teach, you know, who, who was going to teach on any given day. And like, I would pick a book and then I would teach that book. And then the next person would go and, but we were all there all for, for everybody's teaching. Sometimes we'd break up into small groups and da, da, da. But it was a large group of women in prison right down here, right down the street. And, um, I had, I had chosen a book that used the word, the word, the universe, higher power Uh instead of God Uh and, and, or Jesus. Uh And I can read something that says higher power or, uh, the universe or the one. And, Mm -hmm. and to me, that just means God. And, and, and that I, that's my belief uh-huh. and about, but I also understand and I have compassion for the fact that that's not everybody's belief. Exactly. And so but and so I gave a copy of this book to the girls that I was teaching with and they were furious mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. And offended that I as a Christian would be comfortable and I, and and they were like how are you going to teach this when the book is alluding to the the higher power the one the universe. And I'm like, I just say God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just say Jesus. Like I, that's, and, and yeah, but I, so they, they not only banned me <laughs> from you, teaching you that were book. kicked out as a volunteer. <laughs> I was kicked out. The girls did not want me. Mm-hmm. They did not trust me mm-hmm. anymore. And I have to tell you, that was incredibly hurtful Mm -hmm. because I, and I was like, why are we finding the divide instead of the common ground? It's it. And, and so I hope that if somebody's listening to this, I'm, I hope that you can be Mm open-minded to, and, and just insert your belief because like you said, or insert your word, whatever it is, whether it's Jesus, the one, the universe and, and, and make it yours. But I believe that we all, whether we, whether we accept it or not, and I don't know exactly what it looks like or exactly what it is, but we all came from the the same place. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we're all going back to the same place. Yeah. And so these absolutes, these churches, and this is the thing that Mm -hmm. I had a problem with, with the Mormon church is they thought their way was the only way. And that I had a hard time reconciling. I mean, they believed that Jews were going to hell, and well, they, a lot of a lot of fundamental Christians believe the same thing. Yes, and I just could not accept or believe that there's a loving God who who ostracizes people. Like I just I don't believe that. I don't I don't believe in a hell. I think that's like what. I don't know. I do believe in, I do believe in, I don't, I don't know how to articulate what I believe about hell, but I, what I do believe is I believe that people pick, have always chosen. I think that we are given freedom Mm -hmm. as children of God. I believe that we are given freedom here. I think we choose our path. We, yeah, I do too. And so wherever that takes, whatever the name is of the place that that takes me, because of how I live and what I want and the desires of my soul and my heart, I believe that's where, that's 
my path Mm -hmm. and whether it's here or the next life, that's my path. And well, and you know, the, the, the thing about like when you, in 12 step programs, it's a higher power because mm-hmm. when people come into a 12 step program, whether they're on the addiction side or the family member side, or, you know, we, there, it's vitally important to, in order to sustain recovery from either codependence or drug or alcohol addiction is faith. And that's why it is mm-hmm. referred to as a higher power in the 12 steps. It, God is used also, but mm-hmm. but one of the things that, that we learn in 12-step in programs is it doesn't matter what you call it. You can call it Bozo the Clown if you want to. <laughs> if you ha- you know, but you you're it's the spiritual aspect of it that is so essential for recovery sure. and happiness and joy. Yes. You know, so anyway, that's so this will be kind of interesting. Yeah. So take what you like, leave the rest. Yeah. And know that our intention is never to convert or offend. <laughs> You don't have to go down, you know, I think I've said in here before, I think I went down the aisle in that Baptist church eight times just to make sure (laughs) (laughs) that was little. So Janice, when you, and, and Kev, I'd love for you to pipe in here too, as much as you feel comfortable with or want to, I always love and respect and appreciate. And I know our listeners do too. Yes, we do. Your perspective. Um, I'd love to hear, um, about what the Christmas story represents to you. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Uh, Well, I think that the Christmas story symbolizes the rebirth of our Christ consciousness that is inside of all of us. And I, I, so in that, what I, I believe that the birth of Christ reminds us that we are divine expressions of the oneness of us and God. And how does that, how does that do that for you and why does that well it well what I believe is that there is not God and me but God as me Mm -hmm. and that there is no separateness there's only oneness so the re so the Christmas story for me is a reminder of the oneness Mm. that I am and Mm. as Jesus in when Christ was born a miraculous birth, mm-hmm. according to scripture, yep. then the, the, that was, that was God or our higher power showing us that we are one with him mm-hmm. like Christ, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so there, are you saying because like Christ being a divine expression of God reminds you that you are also a divine exactly. expression? Exactly. It's the brief, and so when mm-hmm. we celebrate Christmas, for me, one of the things I think of a lot is the reminder that I am. So I'm not, I'm not having to go outside and search mm-hmm. for God mm-hmm. because I don't because I am of God. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all I do, so the, when I pray, I claim rather yep. than ask for. Yep, and so that's. That may be confusing to people, but it is that that's where I that's what this whole rebirth or the Christ consciousness is just the reminder of that oneness. I love that. I really love that. I didn't have that down on mine, but I I think it's a beautiful reminder. Yeah, it feels safe. Yeah, it It, does. It feels special. And and I think it's just a reminder that we all. Yes, Christ was special. And yes, and yet. 
so am I. Exactly. And so are you. Yeah. There, there is no but, you know, like but, you know, that yeah. we are, we are also divine, just as Christ was a divine expression of, of God, so are we. Yeah. Do yeah. you believe that, Kev? Yeah, I do. You do? Mm-hmm. I think we're pretty aligned in most ways I am with you guys, because you know I was, well, I don't have a specific Christian denomination nowadays, but uh-huh. I know that the direction I was led in most of my life, which was the Catholic direction, uh-huh. was not for me. Yeah. Yeah, there can be some sh- I a lot of shame. Yes, oh, 100%. But I definitely lean towards, uh, you know, a Christian outlook. Yeah. And yet, you have no need, and I'm not judging it at all, to assign or be aligned to a specific No, I would like to. Oh, you would? Yeah. Oh. I've definitely thought about that, especially in terms of having kids, you know? Because I would like to raise children with faith. Yeah. I've been Baptist. I've been Methodist. I've been Presbyterian. <laughs> I've been Episcopalian. Haven't you also been Lutheran? No, never no, been Lutheran. Lutheran. <laughs> I've been Catholic and non-denominational, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I I understand what you're saying. I think that uh, for me, it was at the when I was your age, and I was at that same point mm-hmm. of thinking about starting a family. I mean, it was really important to me that I raise my children in faith. Mm-hmm. And yet, I mean, it's so funny because what I've learned by having 18-year-olds now and a 16-year-old is, you know, for so long, I thought it was about the church. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. right. For so long, I thought that the only way that faith, that my faith could be actualized or obtained or or managed, or I don't know what the word is, but it had to be through a church. It had to, it, the only way that it could be done was if I went to church on Sunday morning. Yeah. And if I didn't go to church on Sunday morning, I didn't have my faith. And so it was really, and I relied so much on the church to, to be that for my children. But what I've learned by having older kids now is, and I think being a minister in the church, both in youth ministry and over a congregation, is it is infinitely more important, in my opinion, what hap- what happens in the home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's just no doubt. And the example and the conversations and faith my children's faith has been more shaped by what's happened at 6610 Deloach, which is my house. Right. <laughs> then uh-oh. Then, oh, <laughs> at my house. Then please don't stalk me. <laughs> send, in flowers, in, send flowers. Send flowers. Garland. Maybe I should yeah. cook that <laughs> Send flowers, money, but just don't stalk me. <laughs> Anyway, what has happened in my home has been way good and bad. Yeah. Has been way Mm -hmm. more influential. Yeah. And in respect to even their faith, especially their faith, than anything or anywhere. And I think, you know, when I was in the youth ministry, people get really, um, like, I remember youth uh, parents coming to me when I was a youth pastor and they'd be like, <gasps> yeah, I was at Highland Park Methodist and they'd be like, my son loves Watermark or my my kids don't want to go here. They want to go to Highland Park Press. I'm like, and? <laughs> go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
let them go. Like, yeah, because you, in all of that, you take what you like and what feels right, and there's a quickening inside. Oh, I love that word. I love to go to the Episcopal Church for the ritual of it all. I, I think it's the ceremonies are beautiful, mm-hmm. and I love walking down the aisle and taking communion Me on too. my knees and at the Me altar, too. and all of that is just so such a part that's I mean I love that aspect of that me too you know so I think it's a it's kind of like the cafeteria line of churches <laughs> you know you yeah. just take what you like and you might you taste it for a little bit you're thinking it's an entree and it may just be an appetizer yeah so you know I think it's interesting how we come into this realization because I used to I mean I was a very rigid me too fundamental christian for a while me too and i was and, very judgmental about people who oh, who weren't on board me too mm-hmm. me too i'm really glad i'm not like that oh, anymore oh me too and i'm so sorry to my kids to my ex-husband <laughs> to any friends if i offended them <laughs> you know it's just so not what i um what i want and i you know i i I love the the representation of the Christmas story as it reminds me of what's needed to make a place for the rebirth of uh, Christ consciousness within each of us. And there, I read this thing, and I thought it was really cool that all the different characters in the story represent something for us that we can be aware of so that we are receptive to the Christ consciousness that was that was manifested in the birth of Christ and can also be manifested in each one of us that's right and mm-hmm. through other religions as well oh yes so you want me to tell you what this I thing this. said I thought it was yeah. really cool it says that this. Mary represents having a pure heart. Mm-hmm. And when you think of the story and oh, yeah. Mary and the way she's represented as young and mm-hmm. innocent and a virgin and how difficult that must have been, but her heart was so pure in her spiritual seeking mm-hmm. that she was able to do that. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Love that. I do, too. Joseph had a committed spirit. Oh, yes. Because he, How you brave. Know, how I mean, brave. That thinking, could not have oh, been easy. yeah, so your girlfriend was... <laughs> <laughs> got pregnant by God? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> Y'all haven't had sex yet? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Sure, Joseph. I mean, can you imagine the scuttle in that town? Well, it's a miracle she wasn't stoned. Oh, absolutely. You know, really? Oh, yes. I mean, it, I, I, and, and the fact that he stood by her. And now, granted, he was on his way out until Gabriel the angel said, "No, it's true." Yeah. You know, and well, and, yeah, of course. And I, who, who could blame him? Yeah. But the fact that he found it inside of him—I mean, he didn't have to stay. Just because an angel comes to you and says, "Hey, it's true," it doesn't mean he had to be fired up about it and stay. Right. And so that's—it's so true. That committed spirit, mm-hmm. so good. I love that. Uh, the manger represents a quiet, humble place. Oh yeah. Where the, which I think is where we, when, when we're doing our quiet time or we're Mm -hmm. sitting in some place really beautiful Mm -hmm. or, you know, I can sit on the porch at our lake house and just feel the presence of, of God there. And I think that that's 
important for me. Yeah. And or it can be on my back porch or it can at my house or on sitting on my bed, mm-hmm. you know, but making room for that. I thought that was really cool. And then uh, the angels, it said the birth is attended by spirit-centered consciousness. Mm. So the angels were what made awareness of the spirit-filled consciousness. Mm. Mm. Isn't that interesting? I love that. I Mm -hmm. love that too. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a host of angels. I sure would too. I do kind of when my grandchildren are all around. Oh, I bet you do. They are so precious. My mom, when she was dying, she saw angels. She did? She did. She would see them in her room. Oh, how lovely. Yeah, when that like thinning, you know, of when she was transitioning, you feel it, you see it, and she was dying. She, I mean, yeah, she was so actively she was moving dying. On. She was she was transitioning to, and I believe they're all right here. Oh, me too. I mean, I don't I don't believe we go to another place. I think that place is here. I do too. And but I believe that uh, there is a, I believe babies and I believe it at, at the ends of our life. And I do believe that there are people who are so in tune with the spirit and themselves and God that they have uh, they have a they have access to mm-hmm. to the like next we life. all do too yes. actually yes they but just it, have mm-hmm. tapped into they whatever have. yeah you really and i think it's i mean i i don't even really want to or i i actually would like to know but i don't know what it takes to get there but, i don't either <laughs> but i believe that <laughs> yeah that those people yeah a, a month or so ago i was on a plane and uh, there was a guy uh, sitting two down from me, empty seat in the middle. And he just kept kind of looking at me. He's an older gentleman, so sweet. He kind of looked like a, like just jolly, happy, uh-huh. old, white hair, so smiley. And I passed him to go to the restroom at the beginning of the flight. And then I did again at the end of the flight. And he, when I was saying, excuse me, to get passed into my seat, he looked at me and he goes, do you know that you are such an angel of love? And I kind of looked at him like, okay. <laughs> You're a little old for me, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> but then he, I mean, he, this man, so I've since, we've kept in touch. Oh, and cool. Because uh, he started to talk to me about my job, my influence, my work, my children. I mean, he knew things. That's really interesting. That guy was probably an angel. Yes. And and his name was Bobby. And I was like, who are you? And this man has access. He, he has worked his entire life to have access to other, uh, I don't know what it's called, dimension mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that exists right here. Mm-hmm. And he sees it, and he feels it, and he knows it, and he sees things. And it 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 is a beautiful, and I so believe it. Oh, me too. Me too. But he's worked really hard to create a life that has access to. And that openness. Yes. That openness for very, reception. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then the shepherds have... All, represent awe-filled wonder, oh. which I love that when you think Me about, too. you know, 
they they had such doubt and they didn't you know when they were out and they were trying to direct them to come to get there they had to have the wonder the awe-filled wonder to, to make the journey and I thought that was good and then the gifts myrrh represented represent spiritual insight frankincense power of the word gold co-creation and all of it takes place in Bethlehem, which is the spiritual center of our being. Mm. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That there's that in all of us. Yeah. I, and I so believe that. Me too. I love how that ends. The spiritual center. Of our being. Of being. And it all, that's at the Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. I love what that represents. I love that a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, it's, 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 and, and the whole Christ consciousness is, I mean, it's the reality of the oneness with God yeah. and the seed of that spiritual essence and power. And we, it's, we all have it already. Mm-hmm. We just have to tap into it. Yes. And we can work on it. You know, it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I heard that word Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, I love that word. Me too. Me I too. really love that word. So when I, when I thought about this, um, I, and it's interesting, the different words that, that you use about the different places, but for, for Joseph and Mary and the wise men, the obedience and the courage mm-hmm. that the Christmas story just, you know, we read it and we, we think it's just this beautiful, sweet story. And there was so much hard. And I mean, every time, you know, the, for the first few years of Jesus life, they're They've got kings after them. Oh, they're, it was they're, horrible. They're, they've got to move here. It was horrible. They've got to go there. They they don't. They're not with family. They're not with friends. They don't have any money. They they're just. She's. They're traveling on donkeys. Like they're traveling thousands of miles or hundreds of miles, and with with not a lot, you know. And and there was nothing. I mean, yes, it was miraculous, but there was nothing easy. And you think about this 14, probably 12, 13, 14-year-old girl. It's how old Mary probably was. And like we said, she's just, God tells her she's going to have a baby. And we know she's a virgin, but you're pregnant anyway. And she's got to deal with that. She's got to tell her family. She's got to tell, she's got to deal with the town. Joseph's got to deal with it. And then they've got to try to make this work. Yeah. And all while, you know, kings are chasing them and, People are jealous. They're being hunted down. Yeah. Thousands of babies across the land died because the king was looking for Jesus because he was so threatened by the North Star and mm-hmm. the wise men who had gone after them. Like, there's, it is a scandalous and very difficult story. Mm-hmm. And, and the courage that it took to be obedient to the calling on on all of their lives. It wasn't just Jesus. It was Mary. It was Joseph. And I don't care whether you're a Christian or not. You look and you read that story and we have a lot to learn about, about 
how brave and courageous these people were. Well, and and also that it gives us the the window of of having that same amount of strength and courage because that was of God yes. too. Oh yes. They were divinely inspired themselves. Yeah. So it didn't have to come I mean that's and that's so that's there for everybody. I think that's mm-hmm. the true gift of the whole story. Oh yeah. You know, and and I think that the degree to which we kind of awaken to that knowingness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. that it's not spirit and me or you but God mm-hmm. as you, that's where we leave behind the humanhood mm-hmm. of struggle. Ooh. And that, so that consciousness of that oneness Mm -hmm. is our source of strength. Oh, yes. And we just have to remember it. Mm -hmm. You said, you said it as uh, the Christ in us, like it shows you, or it reminds you of God in us, and Mm -hmm. we are a divine expression. Um, and, And in another way of saying it, one of the things that I thought about and wrote down is how God uses ordinary people mm-hmm. to do extraordinary things because for that very reason that their divine divinity lives and is manifested if we allow it in each one Through of us. us. Yep. Like he used Mary, ordinary, Joseph, ordinary, <laughs> Wiseman, ordinary. Like <clears throat> these were ordinary townspeople with no education and very little limited experience. Well, we're all this. It's the same kind of different as me, as me. Yeah. And the, and that's the, and I think that's part of the real gift of the whole story is that we, you know, one of my favorite sayings is God is my source. God is my source. God is my source. I said it when I was going in on, you know, under for my surgery, I, I tell my daughters this all the time. God is your source. God is your source. And that that oneness with that is just this whole Christmas is a reminder of that for me to be faithful to that for myself. And when you think about being faithful to that, Janice, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, what is what does that look like? What does that mean to you? It's the absence of fear. Oh, I love that answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. That's interesting that you say that. I also wrote down when I thought about um, the second part of this, um, how our lives are influenced Mm -hmm. um, by the miracle. I wrote trust. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the the same. same. Yeah. You know, it's... It's this story reminds us that we can trust our God. Yeah. Yeah. And when we can trust our God, when we allow ourselves to trust our God, I think the fear is absolved. Yeah. Because we can trust that no matter what. I mean, this is this is kind of a silly example, but not. Uh, You know, my kids are doing college applications right Uh now, Uh and this is. I mean, these are life-changing, life-altering decisions. Yeah, you for know? sure. And every, you know, Carter got accepted. I just, while I'm sitting 
here. He just got accepted into another college. Oh, that's so cool. And this morning he got accepted to tech and he's he's been given offers. And, you know, I've just told him, if you involve, and I've told Anna Pran and George the same thing, involve God. That's it. If you involve God, then you can trust the outcome. Yeah. You can. You have the power of the universe. You have the at power. At your... Right inside of you. Inside of you. You don't have to pray to access it. No, it's You don't it's have there. to ask God for it. No, you just acknowledge you it. You just acknowledge it and mm-hmm. trust it. And it's not easy because no. our brains take over and and give us a list of the what ifs. Oh, yeah. But it, and I think, you know, when when I think, when my mother was really sick, I asked her one time, I said, do you, uh, do you see dad? It makes me kind of cry. <laughs> and she said, yes, I see him all the time. And she said, he's waiting for me. And uh, he's told me that. Uh, and I said, so you're not afraid? And she said, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you're making me cry. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but her, you know, her faith was so strong. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I'm a mess. <laughs> blame it on it's the knee. Good. I'm off the drugs. I can't blame it on the I drugs. I feel like you can't blame your knee anymore. <laughs> okay. I think you're just touched by a really precious story, mm-hmm. you know? And we we can. I think that's why you and I do not fear death. No. And we don't, I don't fear. You don't ever fear death. No. Me neither. I don't fear any part of death. It's crazy to see it. In turn, I think the people that don't fear death will live longer. <laughs> How does that work? What, why, what, when you have fear around death, what are you afraid of? Um, the absence of an afterlife. It's, so then you mean it's just over? Yeah. I think that's oh, most You're afraid that that could be yes. a possibility. Yes. I know that that is not a possibility. Yeah, and I, I wish I had that. Well, you got to yeah. fake it till gotta, you make it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, what if you lived like there not was completely not sure. there. It's just, you know, I don't have it fully balanced yet. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's I, I mean, understand. And there will be, you know, moments of, well, wonder what it's going to actually feel like mm-hmm. or, you know, some of that. Um, but I don't. I mean, because I do believe that there's something beyond here, which is probably right here, like mm-hmm, you say, mm-hmm. right in the presence, and that that we will be aware of all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but you know what, Kev, for for me, and this is the have you ever have you ever experienced or witnessed or been a part of anybody's death? Yes, you have. Mm-hmm. And did that have an impact on on your faith or your fears? Not one, really. One way or the other? No. Okay. But she had not been conscious for several days. So there was no last co- communication or interaction uh-huh. or anything like that. But so uh, it's actually a couple times I've experienced that, but it's always been very peaceful. Yes. It never seemed like painful or frightened uh-huh. or anything like that. Uh-huh. I think that, and the reason I asked that is for me, I, I saw my mom sick for 14 years with breast cancer and it had metastasized into her bones and it was incredible you know a lot of people when they're afraid of when they fear death they may they not only fear what comes next the unknown Mm -hmm. of what that looks like or feels like or what the transition is 
I think they also fear the potential pain. Sure. I think that, yeah. And what I can, I think that the part of the reason, one of the things that has allowed me to let go of the fear of even the pain, because I, I did have that before I lost my mom and before I lost my children. One thing that I was able to witness and see is there is such good medicine and there are such good doctors and we live in such a, an amazing world now that not being in pain at any cost is uh, an option. Yeah. And so even my mom was in pain and then we did everything that we could do or to get her right. out of it. I don't think actually dying is painful. Um, I don't either. No, I don't I, either. I think at that point, I don't mm-hmm. think so either. I really yeah. don't. But I watched her body deteriorating, and that that was a painful, like truly painful experience. But oh, being sure. with her when she passed impacted your faith in a positive way. Yes. That's what I always hear from Because people. I saw, not only did I see the doctors and the nurses care for her and take care of her physically, mm-hmm. I saw God take care of her spiritually. Uh-huh. So what there was this thinning, I don't know how else to say it. I, it's, I don't know what else, what other word to use. There was a thinning of this life to the next. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she was talking, she would see my children. She saw, she saw Charlie. And she said, do you see Charlie? And I said, I don't see him. She said, he's right there one day. And it was, and then the other day she'd say, do you see the babies? And Did she seem day, comforted in this? Totally. And then she saw angels. The, do you feel, do you see the angels? Do you see the angels? I don't see the angels. It's like, it's like God was taking, because my mom was terrified to die. And she fought it. Oh, girl, boy. Did she fight that? Mm-hmm. And and she was scared to die, and she didn't want to die. She's 53. Yeah. That's and, very young. Yeah. And she fought it. And, and yet there was this resignation at some point, and then the, the, all these blessings of the transition. And that really strengthened my faith. Yeah. I agree with you. My mom is the same way. Really? Yeah. Just... And it was, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a gift. Oh, yes. Yes. I was with a friend of mine who had just been with his mother as she passed away. And I was like, how did that that make you like scared to die? And he's like, no, the exact opposite. And I'm like, how does that happen? But now I kind of get it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, it's all going to be okay. Uh Uh-huh. I think of it as kind of like if, at the moment of death that it's, you know, like if you ever take a sleeping pill. Mm -hmm. And you and you and you lie on the bed, and your eyes start getting heavy, and then you just yeah. sleep. Yeah. And I think that's what yes. happens to our bodies. We yes. just sleep, and as our spirit exits, mm-hmm. so it's just like falling asleep. And the difference in the body, mm-hmm. seconds, seconds after death, when our spirits leave, it's it is. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. And you are like, they are gone. They're gone. And there is a peace that comes with that, that transcends 
mm-hmm. all things. <laughs> yeah. Well, it proof. It's proof. It's proof. I remember when you know, uh, growing up, there's uh, back then there was people would come by and you know after the body was prepared, you know, and they had the, at the funeral home and people would walk by and stare at them, and I always said, "Do, do not, not do that's that." That's something I me. wish we could just kind of get away from in general as a society. Like, oh, I totally it's a little barbaric. Hate. It's and a freaking little barbaric. Hate. I know, like, they want to see you one last time, but it's like that's not me anymore. I do. Yeah, not, I want to be cremated and burned up as quickly as remember possible. Remember me like this. I don't want <laughs> me anybody. too. And my, I remember my dad. Oh. I, uh, my mother was like we all are. It was like, she was like, uh, uh-uh, I don't want any of that. And but I remember walking by, looking at my dad and being like. Who is that? I mean, in that... And you think he'd want that to be your last memory of him? Yeah. and But it's <sighs> that's the absence of life, yeah. of spirit, which yeah. is so cool because yeah. it's not just... There's that separateness, like you call it that, that thin, that veil, that thin veil. And yeah. I like that whole image because yeah. that, is, that is what happens, I believe. Yeah, I do too. So, I, I, I think your description of taking a sleeping pill mm-hmm. and you just calm it's like you don't even remember don't even going know. to sleep you don't even you remember know. when you're about to go to sleep yeah <laughs> hey i've always said though yeah anyone who knew me while i was alive i don't want to see me dead <laughs> me neither Elise oh. was asking us the other day though about cremation she's like what would they do with the plate in your arm i'm like i don't know they would discard it of course and i'm like you can have it if you want but i don't know why you're asking <laughs> oh, me about my this titanium <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to put that in a glass sure jar save it on for the you coffee you're table. That or worried about it. You're all burned up and there's a yeah. little piece of metal in the thing. <laughs> or like, a, I can just visualize a dull glass vase, you know, with this titanium knee in it. Oh my gosh. There's tutus Little knee. keepsakes. <laughs> a little keepsake for the grandchildren. It might melt for all we know. I mean. I'm sure it will, but yeah. I think those stoves are pretty hot. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So Keb, um... One thing that I think you should, uh, like, you might want to think about, there is a show on Netflix, and it's called something like Near Death Experiences, and it, Oh, I will check that out. Yeah. And oh, I want to watch it, too. I've watched a couple, but I'm always I, fascinated I, with stuff like that. They yeah. take different aspects of people, like, who've had near-death experience. They talk about reincarnation. They talk about uh, people who've died and come back, and- Every single one of them that has transitioned and then came didn't back, want to come back. Oh, they were pissed. They did not want to leave where they were because of what it felt like to be there. And that's on Netflix. What's it called? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I, I, I think if you just Google near yeah, death experiences yeah. show on Netflix, you'll find it. And I mean, I I watched it with my kids, and we were all just fascinating so your mom had faith but was very scared of death yes so maybe that means that that particular religion wasn't a good fit for her if she couldn't conquer that you know absence of fear or i don't know acquire i I don't know if it was a faith thing or just a basic fear i mean it's a lot of people's first fear you know oh of course yeah is dying and then public speaking (laughs) yeah Public speaking's first. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. Okay, what well, else? this is cool. What Do you have other thoughts? No. I okay, think, I have a couple more. We, oh, okay, go. Um, so the second part of what we said we were going to talk about, where we talk, where it's how our lives are influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think I think what we know and what we can learn from the birth of the miraculous birth is one thing, but I think how it's influenced me. Um, I and this kind of goes along with the first thing you said is it it allows me to believe in myself mm-hmm. that God can use even me. Well, you, yeah, you are of God. Yes, and so we've kind of like yeah. beat that dead horse, but yeah, but I. I think that the the miraculous birth of Jesus and all all the things surrounding it remind me that that I am I have a divine calling mm-hmm. on my life. I believe Kevin, you have a, a divine calling on your life. I believe that all of us mm-hmm. were created at this time in this place for a great purpose. I believe every single person listening falls into that same category. Yeah. Yeah. That there is something and I believe my calling and my purpose is different than your calling, your my gifts, my talents, my superpowers. You know, we they're all different and yet us all do, using whatever that is and doing it, I think it, it creates the perfect world. Yeah, it does. It I think does. it would create the perfect the perfect yeah, universe. I agree. Um, I believe that the well, the Christmas story uh, reminds me and teaches me that I can expect miracles in my own life. Yeah. That I don't think that miracles are for certain people of certain denominations or certain faiths mm-hmm. or certain you know religious. Like it's, it's so, for everybody. It's for everybody. Everybody, because we are all. Mm-hmm. Of God, I, yeah. I mean, it, that's what gives you that absolute belief Absolutely. in all of it, or but the I, knowing. But I can't tell you how many times when I worked at the church, people would say to me, <clears throat> and even now, like, oh, hey, I need you to pray for me, or will you be praying for my mom? Because you have a direct line. They say that all the time. You have a direct line to God. I'm like, why is my line, to use your words, why is my line to God any different mm. than yours? It's not. It's not. Just because I, I am an, a pastor, or I worked at a church, or I I know may know the Bible a little bit more than the next guy, I don't have access to God, or the God in no. me any more or less than anybody else no. on this planet, and I believe that we should expect miracles in our lives. I have seen so many. Well, they're in my there life. all the time. Yes. When I looked at my car, you know, my that Blair had that accident, mm-hmm. and you know it totaled it. Right. And I went out to look at the car to get some things out of it, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's a miracle that nobody was hurt. Wow. It was a miracle. Yes. And, and those... a good, sturdy car and seatbelt. Yes. But that was a miracle. Yes. Yeah. And they're around us all the time. All the time. Yes. Which is awesome. Um, another thing, another way that the Christ story has influenced me is it, it gives me an inordinate amount of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have a specific, even a specific reason. I don't have any, because blah, blah, I don't know. I just have a lot of gratitude around the nativity and around the sacrifice, the humility, the humble beginnings it's just all very it reminds me of how grateful regardless you know a lot of people especially around christmas time i think it's it can be difficult it can be a financial burden you could be missing somebody you love 
Like there's a lot of hard stuff that comes with with holidays. And so I think focusing on the things that we do have and we can see and we are experiencing is is a really important part mm -hmm. of enjoying and and mm -hmm. having a wonderful wonderful holiday. Mm -hmm. Um the birth of Jesus, uh, just his life is the biggest influence on mine. And so, of, and the, of course, for, so for me, the, inf the greatest influence that the birth, the miraculous birth of Jesus has on me is just the life of his life himself, the things that he taught, the things that he said, the way that he teaches me to forgive, the way that he's taught me how to love, the way that he teaches me how to look at people. Like I, I think about all the lessons of the life of Jesus and that has been the greatest influence on on my life, greatest mm -hmm. impact on, on my life. How I live my life is I try, I would like to think in a lot of ways is modeled after him, I hope. Mm -hmm. I have a long way to go, but he is the greatest influence on my life. Kev, you have any... Thoughts? No, I'm good. Anything? I shared everything I had in my mind. <laughs> good. <laughs> so what are you most excited about for Christmas? <sighs> um, see my brother and sister. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I don't get to see them very often. Sometimes mm. only once or twice a year. Oh, that's Where are so they coming from? New York and L.A. Wow. Oh, that's going to be so fun. That's really cute. I like that answer. Me too. No wonder you... Definitely want to be at your house. Yeah. Yeah, that exactly. makes so much sense. What are you most excited about, Janice? Uh, I I just am excited about having all the kids. And, you know, I wish Wesley were here and her mm -hmm. kids, but I'll see them so soon. And, uh, but Wesley called me the other day when Harlow was in the car and, and she said, Harlow just told me that she sure wishes that Tutu lived with us. Oh. I just can't wait to get there. Oh. Sweet little thing. But, yeah, That's so adorable. I'm just, just to be with my family and Tom. And, you know, it's just such a, it's just a wonderful day. And I just can't wait. I mean, I just love it. Yeah. I'm going to finish wrapping my presents this afternoon. So Okay, somebody gave me a gift that listens to our podcast, and she said, I want you to know I thought all about you while I wrapped this gift. Oh, Because good. of our Yeah, last good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's what that I've cute? done. Yes. Yes, so I've done that. I get to that. do that this week. Yeah, as I'm wrapping, you know, the presents for the kids, I just think about each one of them and how, oh, how unique and special they are. Uh, Tom and I took uh, Mia and Haney to the zoo you know the zoo has those lights it's a it's a day i mean they have christmas lights all throughout the zoo and you go and you, as you're entering you have a santa hat that flashes and tom has a convertible so we had the lid down and you mm. go through the oh you Africa, drive through you drive through all the way through the zoo and they're just these amazing wow. christmas lights i never the heard Dallas of that canopies zoo? over you and you just pay for the car like i think it was 60 dollars for the car I mean, so you can have as car, many people as you want in the car. In that car. Uh -huh. Dude, but it that. was it was really wonderful. What and was it too was it super crowded? No, we uh, we got our tickets. I don't know, I heard they'd sold out, but we got our ticket for Friday at um six. 
Oh, and so we got a- there about five forty, and it was dark. It just started. Right, it was dark, and so we just got right in line mm-hmm. and and just drove all the way through the zoo. And they have like giraffes that are in the shape and that lights that are in the shape of a giraffe and hippopotamus and it's it's really cool wow it was really cool so fun that's such a great little tip for families yeah you would like it a lot if you can't do it this year do it next year put it on your list yeah put it on your list that's a good little date tom and i was trying to figure out what to do with the kids we want to do something really fun Christmassy, and so i was looking through the guide last sunday and i was like oh this sounds fun so and it really was amazing Sounds yeah. so fun. Do you guys yeah. ever go to Vitruvian Park at Christmas? Where? Vitruvian Park. No, Never where is that? Um, it's a little bit south of Carrollton. It's probably technically in Carrollton, but it's really cool. It's like this amazing park full of lights. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, it's a, spell it. Walk through? Yep, or you walk through. through. So and what's it's, it, it's like amazing. What's this, What's it spell it for me? Uh, V-I-T-R-U-V-I-A-N. Vitru- Vitru- Vitruvian. Vitruvian. I can't yeah. say that. <laughs> Vitruvian, it is tricky. Every lot, tree is like wrapped, like every branch, the whole, like everything. It's really Ooh, cool. Wow. Fun. I never heard of it. Yeah, it's amazing. Vitruvian Park. We got to expand our turf, man. Yeah, no kidding. We did. <laughs> and it's free. You just park and walk around. Yeah. Seriously? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So a bunch cool. of people are there taking pictures and stuff? Yep. We well, started to go to Grapevine because I've heard Grapevine is amazing too. The downtown you drive. Oh through. yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be amazing, but yeah. Well, and since it's going to be eighty degrees on Christmas, it'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> you can get out. We and walk can put around. on yeah. our bathing suits yeah. and walk around. Yep. Get your tank on. Get a suntan. Get going. <laughs> well, well, Merry Christmas, yes. everybody! Have Merry a wonderful, Christmas. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Yes, we are wishing all of you. A very, very, very Merry Christmas. And, and to each one of you too, Janice. You too, Tobin, Kevin. Merry Love Christmas, y'all. guys. Merry Christmas.